It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. Over the last two years, I've had many days where I've been thinking to myself throughout the day, getting ready for Inside Sports. Man, am I really going to host a sports show tonight, given everything that's going on in the world? And of course, I know I'm going to do it. And of course, I'm going to put a lot of energy and heart into it. And of course, I realize that sports are something all of you care about, care about and hopefully are a little bit of a distraction from everything. So we're going to do Inside Sports tonight. We're going to do it with a lot of enthusiasm. We're going to talk about your favorite hockey team. We're going to talk about some great other local stories. But I am going to do the show with a couple of very special people in mind. They are no longer with us. And those two people are my maternal grandparents who came to Canada from Ukraine about 90 years ago. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. The Devils lead the Penguins 3-0 early in the second period. No score between the Wild and Toronto also early in the second period. More second period action. Blue Jackets and Panthers tied 1-1. The Rangers lead the Capitals 1-zip. Zibanejad has the goal, his 20th of the season. Later, Stars at Nashville. Boston takes on the Tentacle team. The Islanders play the Sharks. And at 8 o'clock, it is the Flames at the Canucks as Calgary goes for a franchise record 11th consecutive victory. And we'll touch on that as we move along with the show tonight. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey is an early start on Saturday. 9 a.m. for the face-off show game at 10.30. The Oilers are going to be taking on the Florida Panthers. Now, of course, the Oilers coming off a 5-3 loss last night to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Disappointing result. It is hard to fault the effort. And yes, you don't get points for moral victories. But how did you want the Oilers to come out and play after that stinker against the Minnesota Wild? Well, certainly better defensively with more energy, with more defensive commitment, more under control, more paying attention to the details, more smart plays with the puck, uh, more desperation when it came to defending. I think we saw all of those things. Even they were down 4-1 and could have said, well, this game's over. You know, we're going to mail it in. We're getting beat by the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Guess we ain't good enough. Well, no, they didn't say that. They fought back and made it pretty close. And Leon Dreisaitl hits the post with a minute six left. Otherwise, they're going to overtime. So they did a lot of good things. Now, of course, there's one thing that has once again come heavily into question given last night's results. Uh, but they did do a lot of good things and, and were in a very good position, even having trailed 4-1 at one point, to get at least a point out of that game. Didn't quite go their way. Uh, here's a, I want to get to a couple of key comments from head coach Jay Woodcroft uh, from his post-game comments. Here, here's one. He was just kind of asked for some general thoughts about the game. Well, I thought it was a competitive hockey game for our team tonight. Um, coming in to face the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs, we gave up 23 shots on net. Uh, I think, um, you know, there were a few breakdowns. There were some weird goals. One, we kicked into our own net. Uh, we were trying.
trying to do the right thing. We just came back into the blue paint and it went off our foot and in the net. Give up two six on five goals. Um, a shorthand or a penalty kill goal against in the last few seconds of that. And uh, Are there some things that we can do better? Yeah, I think there's some things we can do better, but in terms of the compete level of our team uh, coming in um, to a tough environment, uh, there were some real good signs in our team game tonight. All right, so that's Jay Woodcroft after the game last night. Yeah, he's saying a lot of the things I said in maybe a different way. He liked the compete level. The Oilers are trying to do the right thing. He did say there were some weird goals in the game. Uh, Devin Shore is back-checking. Mike Smith makes a save on Patrick Maroon's backhander. The puck comes off his pad, hits Shore's skate, goes into the net. Late in the first period, looks like the Oilers are going to get out of it tied 1-1. McDavid got a late power play goal. Oilers are playing well. You know, really, I mean, they they held Tampa Bay. I'm not going to count the empty netter as a shot on goal in terms of how the Oilers were playing throughout most of the game. They, they only allowed 22 shots on goal, only five in the first period, but the fifth one went in, and that was the funny one. Stamkos takes the shot off the stick of, uh, I believe it was William Lagason and goes up over the shoulder of Mike Smith. Another one up over the shoulder. Now it did change direction. I'm going to talk more about that with Kelly Rudy a little bit later on tonight, what he thought of that one, because we've discussed those over-the-shoulder goals a lot in uh, in recent seasons. So, yeah, maybe a couple of weird goals. And, uh, you know, I was actually talking to my dad this afternoon, and he said, like, you know, I get the debate about Mike Smith, but those were crazy bounces last night. And I said, yeah, that, that's fair enough. And, you know, you heard Woodcroft say that those are weird goals. Uh, I also know there were some pucks bouncing around Andre Vasilevsky and other goalies the Oilers have faced throughout the year. And it, it seems like those ones bounce in on the Oilers more often than they're bouncing in on other goalies. I, I mean, I wouldn't call it a Picasso, or, or I guess the P- Picassos are funny looking. I wouldn't call it a masterpiece performance by Vasilevsky but he made the stops he needed to make. I mean, there was a, a shorthanded shot Nugent Hopkins took from the right wing last night. Looked like Vasilevsky picked it up a little bit late, and he and he bobbled the rebound, and Nugent got a second swipe at it. He kept it out. McDavid had a chance from down low in the first period. Remember, he was going to walk out front, didn't even get a shot on goal because Vasilevsky swatted the puck away with a, a really good kind of, I guess it was more of a, a swat than a poke check. So, you know, a fine line, and the Oilers wind up on the wrong side of that fine line. Was it all goaltending? Is it is it that simple? Does better goaltending make the difference for the Oilers last night, even if it's getting a point out of the game? Or is last night not really the problem, but we've just seen it too much throughout the season where the Oilers seem to, you know, allow a goal at the wrong time, uh, allow a bunch of goals on the first few shots. We've, we've talked a lot in the past, actually the past few seasons, about allowing a goal on the first or second shot of the game. At one point last night, about the halfway point of the game, Mike Smith's save percentage was 667. He had six saves on nine shots. When, it, when, it's, when it's that poor, does it matter whether it's breakaways or bad bounces or, or weak goals? Or, or at some point, do you just say that's too many goals on too few shots? You can let me know how you're feeling on the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials, 780-496-0063. Now, Jay Woodcroft was asked about Mike Smith after the game, and specifically two starts in a row, allowing, again, uh, a, a bunch of goals on not a lot of shots. 
I didn't have a conversation during the game with, with Mike. Um, uh, you know, we're at the end of the day, we were in a one-goal hockey game. They scored an empty netter at the end. I think he tried to battle through some uh, things, and he, you know, he made some saves for us as well. And um, we were we had a chance to win that game. Like I said, we we gave up 23 shots on net. That's a good that's a good thing. I think um, you know, were there some breakdowns that we can be better at as a team? Yes, there were. And uh, we're going to work to address those. But like I said, we were in a one-goal hockey game in a tough environment against the two-time Stanley Cup champions. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of good in that game as well. All right. So I thought Woodcroft there was was pretty fair. Didn't throw anybody under the bus. He said Smith had to battle for a, a, a few things. I think he's talking about, you know, allowing those goals uh, in the first period. And then... He got beat a couple times in, in the second as well. Again, you know, there was another deflection. Corey Perry, front of the net on the power play, hits the shaft of his stick, goes in. Probably a tough one to stop if it doesn't hit you when it's tipped from that close. But we're having this talk about the goaltending again, and, and we're having it because I think there's been a market improvement in the Oilers' commitment level to uh, taking care of a lot of details and defending. And again, this is a trend now that the Oilers aren't allowing very many shots. I mean, the Islanders got a lot. Most of them were in the first period. But, uh, you know, it's been under 30, except for a couple of games, since Woodcroft took over. And again, the Oilers yesterday, they're doing a better job of having the third guide high. Of course, they get beat sometimes. Of course, there are some chances sometimes. But you got to recover. I thought th- there were some good moments of recovery yesterday by Oilers defenders to, to hustle back, to get in a passing lane, even if you don't steal the puck, to, to tip it out of the way. I, I thought I thought they worked pretty hard. I, I know one caller uh, called last night on overtime open line and said to Robin B that, that last night's game was exactly like the Minnesota game, another sloppy game. I couldn't disagree more. I, I think they played a really good team and, and took care of a lot of details. So was it bounces? Is it goaltending? Does it matter at this point? Do the better goaltenders stop the bad bounces more often than not? Here's what I can tell you, uh, and, and I referenced this earlier in the season when we were talking about the goaltending. The Oilers' five-on-five save percentage. So, again, this is just five-on-five, and this is the whole season. So all three goaltenders are, are factored into this. Um, the Oilers are 27th out of 32 teams, five-on-five save percentage. So that tells you something right there. The save percentage is 9-1-1. And I'm going to do what I did when I talked about this a few weeks ago. I, I took the team in the middle of the league. 16th overall for five on five save percentage. That's the Ottawa Senators who have a uh, 921. So if the Oilers had a 921 five on five save percentage instead of where they are at 911, they would have allowed 12 fewer goals. So what are we talking about? I, you know, I, 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 I got a buddy who does a lot of analytics stuff and he figures from the way he calculates things that, that every five goals is usually worth a win. Um, so if the Oilers are 12 goals better, are they top of the standings? Are they first in the division? No, they aren't. They probably have four to six more points. Would that be significant? Well, I think it would because then they're second in the division instead of fourth. So what do they do? This is the big, this is the big question. We, we can all sit here and say they got to get a goalie, got to get a goalie. Well, first of all, probably about half the teams in the league would love to upgrade their goaltending if they could. Uh, maybe not half, but a significant number of teams would say, well, we'd love to get a goalie. 
most important position on the ice. Very difficult to acquire an elite or a excellent or above average player at that position. So what are the options? Keep going with Smith and Koskinen for as long as possible and just see if they can put it together, if some of the defensive changes help the goaltending. Do you say, okay, Stuart Skinner, you got to do it. You, you have the best stats of these guys. You're having a great year in the minors. We know you don't have a lot of NHL experience, but you got to carry the ball. Or do you take a swing on somebody? And, uh, I, you know, I was talking to somebody last night about some realistic players. I mean, look, I, I think forget about John Gibson or, or people like that. Flurry might even be a long shot at this point. Especially, I mean, he might not. The, the word is he doesn't even want to come to Edmonton. So what, what do you do? I mean, the, the names this person threw to me that the Oilers might be able to realistically acquire are Braden Holtby. Decent stats this year with Dallas. Tough last couple of years. Could you get George V out of the New York Rangers? Um, you know, is Varlamov going to be made available by the New York Islanders? And again, to acquire one of these guys, especially Varlamov, who's at $5 million a year, you would like the other team to take Miko Koskinen. And, and again, I will ask you, if you're that other team, why do you want Miko Koskinen other than to do the Oilers a favor? So that's how I look at that. Happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Post today by Mike Kelly, who uh, you may follow this guy, uh, specializes in hockey analytics. He's with the NHL Network. He wrote this, uh, Edmonton with uh, 24 games with expected or better goaltending. They have 20 wins. Only Florida, Colorado, and Carolina win more when getting plus goaltending. Uh, Mike goes on to say the problem, the Oilers get below expected goaltending in 53% of games. Only Seattle, Arizona, Chicago, New Jersey, are worse so uh, you know what he's saying if the Oilers get just sort of uh don't have to get spectacular goaltending just make the saves you need to make don't have to even steal games necessarily just make the saves you need to make uh, they they could be maybe again not significantly better but uh certainly better like I said I I think it's four to six points in the standings so it's not as if they're already cruising to a vi division title or or have locked anything up, but I mean, they have 59 points. If they have 63 or 64, they're ahead of Vegas and they're only two or three behind Calgary, who again, going after their 11th straight victory tonight. We have Alex on the line. Alex, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. Thanks for that bit of escapism tonight. Um, no yeah, I heard what you were saying about goalies there. And I mean, no one's going to really want to do you any favors, of course, but um, looking at a team like the Islanders, for instance, um, someone like Varlamov, uh, mm -hmm. you know, they, he's getting paid a bit more than Koskinen is right now, and he's got another year on his contract. So as far as their uh, end, I mean, you saw what uh, we saw what Lou did over the summer to get rid of Ladd. Like, he's willing to get rid of assets to get rid of bad contracts. So in their instance, you likely wouldn't even have to sweeten the deal too much more to be able to swap Varlamov across for Koskinen because they would at least be rid of Koskinen at the end of this season. Um, preferably, I mean, I would love for them to go for a Holtby or a, a George V, like you were talking about. But, um, I mean, I don't think it's impossible, especially since there's teams like Detroit out there that Holland is so close to. Um, there's been a lot of rumors that I've read about how, um, you know, teams who are contenders, who they, if they really want to make a move for a higher-end player, 
making a trade through Detroit to get them to, uh, you know, take on salary as well as whatever retained salary the original team is looking to do. So I don't see that really as, as that much of a stumbling block, getting rid of someone like Koskinen if you have a team like Detroit. Um, or Arizona, if you know, if Koskinen's willing to waive his uh, NMC, yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, fair enough. That can take on that that salary. So, really, the salary with a bit of creativity isn't really a problem from from my point of view. But um, whether Holland's willing to do that, I feel that he's got a very strong sort of uh, sort of stance on his relationships that he's built up, Mike Smith in particular. So that might be a stumbling block in him wanting to send him down or move him or or do anything because we can't get the cap relief we need by sending Koskinen down. Not even sure that we could with his NMC. So you'd have to look at sending someone like Smith down to call Skinner up. And I think that's really what's going to be the problem and not seeing Skinner in the next little while. Yeah, really good points, Alex. Just stand alone. I, I, you make a really good point about how it could work with the Islanders because Verlamov has another year, right? So so that's a fair comment. So maybe then that could be something that's easier to swing. Um like our, 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 I, I get, you're an Oilers fan because I know you've called before. Is the hope for you that the Oilers get a big name goaltender, or is the hope for you that they do just what I was talking about? They get a guy who's just, just middle of the road, just just kind of be the same guy every night and let the players decide it. Like, is that is that a home run at this point? Even though it sounds like a bunt single, <laughs> I think yeah, I think that's really the goal for this this season because um, with. I mean, this, this is a season where with what we have, if we just don't let in a goal on that first five shots every game, you know, that's that's the difference right there. That's an unfortunate game we've started playing at my place is on what goal out of the or what shot out of the first five is the goal a game's going to be tonight when Koskinen or Smith is in net. So they don't need to be a rock star. I mean, it would be great to have a Gibson, but I, I think that's a pipe dream. If you can get someone who can just give you, you know, eight or nine saves out of every 10 shots. I think that that's enough for these guys to, to at least make it to maybe a second round, which would be huge for this city. That'd be the distraction everybody needs after the past couple of years. All right. Thank you, Alex. Well thought Thanks out. So I much. appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you want to chime in and. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Kelly Rudy will talk goaltending as well. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.